Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted, with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, Amelia Dunlop. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting's newest series, Unleash Your Story. How are you this wonderful evening? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me. Ah, you betcha. I'm so grateful to have you here today. I love your title, Chief Experience Officer at Deloitte Digital. You also lead their customer strategy and applied design practice, but you're going to share your latest book today, which is going to help all our business owners and also if you're an employee as well. And the book is Elevating the Human Experience, Three Paths to Love and Worth at Work. And you know what? We spend so much time at work, probably more than with our husbands and children. <laughs> we want to, you know, really? So this is a really, really great topic. So what, for one, let's just share a little bit about your backstory, what brought you to Deloitte, doing what you're doing, and then we'll get into the nitty gritty of your book. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so I'd say four years ago, we set the aspiration to elevate the human experience. And the whole premise was exactly as you were saying, we don't wake up as customers, we don't wake up as employees, we wake up as humans. And sometimes as organizations, we forget that fact. Um, and I totally agree, Christina, we now spend more time uh, than any other culture and at any other time in history at work. So we better be doing something that we love and feeling like uh, we are loved and worthy while we do it. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more there, uh, you know, because I love that you put worthy in there and love because uh, I love a lot of my my um, the people I work with, my associates and all. But often we feel we can't really be our full selves, you know, whatever it is that jazzes us. I know I wrote a book about a year and a half ago and I was working with some associates and they're just like, you write, you wrote a book. And I, I felt like a shame, like maybe I should have kept it undercover. Um, but we, you know, in this new kind of job market, especially where people are working remote, we want to feel that connection with our employees, our associates, and, and people we work with. Absolutely. So I, I often say that I wrote this book because I needed it. <laughs> I needed a book that was equal parts head and heart, um, because I'm, I'm a mother of three children, um, and I'm a management consultant. And I felt like I needed something that spoke to both parts of me, um, so I could show up with my authentic self. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so what was the impetus? Was it that you were working from home and this whole COVID thing happened and then you're like, well, let me just put this pen to paper or how did it come about? <laughs> no, it's a great question. So I did absolutely um, use all that extra time that we had uh, when we weren't socializing during COVID to um, to do a lot of the writing. So I just, you know, get up sort of Saturday and Sunday mornings um, and kind of sit down with the page. Um, my husband is a novelist um, and he says a lot of writing is just showing up uh, to the page. Um, but no, I think what for me, I wrote this book because I felt like it was a topic that was worth spending that much time with. I mean, you know, as an author that you have to be willing to pick a topic that you could spend a lot of time with. And by training, I'm a strategist. I'm a, you know, an innovator and, 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 and work in the field of marketing. But I felt like the topic that I'd want to spend that much time with was the topic of love, which it's. Um, one of those things which we all want it, we all need it. Um, what does it mean to define love in the context of the workplace? Yeah. Where for me, I go back to the, the Greeks. It's much more akin to eudaimonia, which is all about our flourishing, where we can invest in our own and another's um, growth, which really is the, the definition of love at work. Ooh. Oh, I love that you say that, Amelia, because so many people I've worked with over the years, uh, they have so many skills and talents outside of sometimes where they're assigned to. Uh, you're, you're, you're an accountant, you're a marketer, but there's other hidden talents sometimes that people don't know about that can be used um, to better the company. And, you know, why not uh, allow them to flourish at work and use some of their greater gifts and talents that maybe you didn't even see on their resume? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I do think there's just there's something about feeling like you can show up with your authentic self, which, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think about the fact that, you know, how there's the, there's the idea that, you know, with the mean boss or if you're kind of, um, you know, constantly feeling like you're uh, competing for scarce praise, mm -hmm. that, that that'll motivate people. But I do think that, you know, while there are some you know, those little flowers that can bloom in the, in the dry crack of concrete, how much better will they grow when they feel like they're nourished and loved? Yeah. I mean, I, and, and I say that from experience, like I know that I flourish and I do a much better job when I feel like I am loved and supported. Yeah, that is so true. And how many places have I worked with both as, as an employee or both as a, you know, vendor or, or associate coming in to do consulting work? Sometimes you're not getting a gauge on how you're doing. Uh, uh, you know, are they happy with my work? Are they not? And then you and then, you know, some people say at the once a year you get your review and they give you some nice things or like I could have used this throughout the year to know how's my work going? What could you see me improve or, you know, mm -hmm. how that just open dialogue? Yeah, no, absolutely. So one of the things is, so in my book, I share my personal story, um, but I also conducted um, some quantitative uh, research with 6,000 people in the US. And I'll tell you, Christina, the biggest surprise that we found was that it matters to nine out of 10 of us to feel worthy, right? That's not a surprise, mm -hmm. but that about half of us struggle to feel worthy, particularly when we show up at work. And that, that gap between how much it matters to feel worthy and how much we struggle, myself included, it, I call the worthiness gap. Um, and you put your finger on it that knowing that we are valued, knowing that we are worthy, knowing that we are loved more than once a year in that sort of performance evaluation time can be really, really motivating um, towards our flourishing. Yeah. And let's talk about this whole remote, crazy pandemic, year and a half, two years. So many of the people I talk to, both employee and business owner, say there's been this sense of disconnection and more so for employees to feel like 
Am I going to be cut? How's the business doing? And they're getting very little feedback other than the business day-to-day Zoom calls. And they're like, well, mm-hmm. how are things? Am I going to be chopped? And it's a real concern for employees. And, and that's why I think that communication is so important. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree. And even before the pandemic, I had been doing some research on something that I call um, human experience debt, which mm-hmm. similar to technical debt or financial debt, it accumulates over time. And we have so much technology in our lives that lets us do amazing things, but it can also make us feel pretty disconnected. Um, and there's ways in which I think we all experience that in the pandemic that we are, we're ironically more connected than ever, right? We're on Zoom every day, but also really feeling disconnected from that sort of three-dimensional human interaction that um, so just could. Exactly. Yeah. And it's for, important. I think we forget how important it is, even if you don't reach out and touch your, you know, employees or, you know, uh, touch each other. It's just being close to each other. There's this, like when you go to a live performance, nothing beats that. You can turn on the radio or TV, but doesn't meet, m- match, you know, that live connection with humans. No, that's a great point. I hadn't thought about the, the analogy of, you know, our remote work. And what is it, the difference between kind of music that's listened to, um, you know, on our own versus that kind of in-person performance. And I'll tell you, I just took my daughter back to uh, to see some Broadway shows this weekend. Um, and so it really is wonderful to kind of to be back and to start to see what, um, you know, live performances um, and kind of supporting the arts. Yeah, absolutely. And getting out there again. Here's something interesting. I remember there's an associate I was working with. She was totally single during, uh, you know, the lockdown in New York. And she was feeling really depressed because she wasn't connecting with friends and family. Her initial main family lives like way far away. And so, you know, I remember one day going, you know what, when she told me how depressed she was, I, uh, we had a bit of a chat, um, off of business and I sent her a, a box of brownies because I wanted her to know she was appreciated. And she said it really made her weak. I mean, I know I couldn't go out there and reach and touch her, but I mean, share with us some of the things you've learned through writing your book that managers and business owners can do to maybe connect with their employees in a greater or in their customers as well in a greater way. Yeah. So one of the things that I love about this idea of elevating the human experience um, and kind of what it means to find love and worth at work is, first of all, you don't love generically, right? You do have to love specifically. You elevate someone's experience specifically. Like in your story, you you knew enough about your associate to know that brownies would probably elevate her experience, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of give her a feeling of connectedness to you and, and, and brighten her day. Mm-hmm. And there's also sort of no magical way to do it, right? But there's something about um, authentically kind of finding that connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think in terms of business owners or people who are trying to be more conscious about it, I, I think about uh, um, words of wisdom that were shared with me where we're all sort of, you know, time crunched and you kind of do like, I don't have all the time to spend an hour mentoring all the people who might um, might want to spend time with. But a, a coach of mine said, Amelia, you have to just leave every person that you touch just a little bit better off. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean you have to spend an hour a week. It could be, you know, there's many people you know, for whom you spend time with them, you know, once every couple of months, but seeing them, making sure they feel like you saw them, just like you, you saw your, your colleague leaves people feeling better off. Um, and so I think that's the type of thing that we can all do um, as business leaders. Yeah. And with each other um, now experience, um, when is authenticity too much? Like you, we were talking about people being able to be free to be themselves at work, 
But when is it like, okay, that's just a bit too much you at work? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's a great point because I do, I often talk about authenticity and vulnerability, but that has to coexist with, with boundaries, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's, that's really important um, to acknowledge um, that both boundaries for ourselves where we can't give things um, that will deplete us, right? Mm-hmm. So it's whether it's the boundary that says, you know what, I can't do the Zoom call, you know, at seven o'clock at night or eight o'clock at night. So boundaries are so important in order to enable the vulnerability and the, and the authenticity. Ooh. Ooh, you said you caught on something really, really important. One thing I heard at the beginning of the pandemic from so many people I work with, especially employees, was that they didn't have an off switch. Now that their computer was right there and it's the same thing they work at and they're at home and they're sometimes in their pajamas working, they would start working at seven in the morning, not look up, don't have any of these cues of it's lunchtime or it's time to go home and work till right. 10 o'clock at night. And, and yeah. those bound, it's bad because then it's bad for your health. You're not eating properly. You're not moving properly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, yes, I totally had that experience as well. Um, but I, and that's why I feel like for me being more intentional about what those boundaries are. So um, typically in, in my house, uh, as I said, I have three kids, you know, and they were going to Zoom school all last year. And uh, my husband would literally shut off the internet at 7 p.m. And that was dinner time. Um, because it's like, you know, who needed an extra hour, um, you know, playing video games or online, um, or even doing work. So I feel like we had to be more intentional about both those boundaries, but also the ways in which we found more human connection, um, with people Mm -hmm. in person. Yeah. Has there been any extraordinary ways that you've found or seen through your research of how extraordinary connection came about? And maybe you could share a story. (sighs) Extraordinary connection. Well, so I'll tell you two things that um, that we've done with our team that I that that I love. Uh, one is in the deepest, darkest days of the pandemic. So I live in Boston, so this was you know about January of last year, where it just sort of dra- was dragging on. Um, I started something on Wednesdays called Joy Day, because for me Wednesdays were the hardest day to get through. Um, yeah. So uh, you know, and I, the, I I'd read something somewhere where if you actively write down the things that brought you joy, you you cultivate more joy, right? It makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so I started writing to my entire practice, you know, just the little things that brought joy. And at the time it was, you know, sharing a bag of M&Ms with my daughter who had, it, you know, had a break from her classes, you know, in the mm-hmm. middle of the day, which otherwise I wouldn't have been able to do. Mm-hmm. And then the team would write in the things on Wednesdays um, that brought them joy. So I'm still doing it. So today is Wednesday. So I you know, can wish you a happy joy day, Yay. but just being intentional with our team and what's created this community that's been really fun where if you just said, you know, Amelia, you're going to create a newsletter and send it out to your team every week. I'd say that's no one's going to read it and never, I'm never going to get it done, but it's somehow it's more organic because it really is a much more personal, just, Hey, this is the thing that brought me joy this week. And tell me right back and tell me what brought you joy. So we've done that. And then the other thing that we've started is something called the human experience dream team, where when you know someone's having a bad day, similar to what you just, what you described, you know, something, you know, not great, we can we have a, a team who will figure out what is it that would make that person's experience a little bit better. Sometimes it's brownies, sometimes it's some chicken soup, you know, sometimes it's something for their child, but just a little thing to kind of reach through and connect um, when when it's been a particularly rough patch. That is so awesome. One thing we started doing with the the crew I work with is they uh, one gal does a joke for before every meeting. So she has a joke prepared and now it's gone around that now a different person does the joke before the meeting. And I'm the meme queen. I do a cute, fun <laughs> meme, usually flower saying happy Wednesday or something. Right. And I sign off every evening with a, a funny or happy 
meme. And now like, I look forward to your memes. I want to see that happy dog or whatever it is that I send out, you know? So. Exactly. You, you think it's, it doesn't matter. You think it's sort of um, silly, but mm-hmm. it does, it can change the arc of someone's day. Right. Yeah. Um, we all know, like, you know, you can get into like the newer neurochemistry of what it means to, to smile and how that, you know, changes the kind of the, the wiring of the brain, mm-hmm. but cultivating joy, cultivating gratitude, um, cultivating love in the workplace actually does make a difference. Yeah. And I know that that particular um, measure you're doing is not just making an impact at work, but in their personal lives, because we can get so muddled up. And when things go badly, like when that happened last year with the, the pandemic, that you can just be kind of going on a roller coaster of negative, negative, negative. And by taking a pause and seeing something joyful or something to be grateful for, it could just shift your attitude. No, absolutely. Well, and also not even seeing the thing, like actively seeking it out, right? When there's a lot of bad news out there, yeah. um, you actually do have to actively. And and I, re- I remember, I'll tell you the story. So I um, I I went to the corner store. I got I don't remember what, like maybe a, a Snickers bar, and I brought it back for my for my daughter, and and she was like, oh, "Where did this come from?" And I'm like, "The store," because I'm an adult and I'm allowed to go and buy candy in the middle of the day. <laughs> But I love that it brought you so much joy. And you just kind of like, you almost have to sometimes actively go and seek it out. I love that. Well, we could go on for hours, but I don't want us to leave without everyone finding out where they can find out more about you and get your awesome book, Elevating the Human Experience. How can they do that? Yeah, thank you. So um, you can go to my website, um, just ameliadunlop.com. Um, and you can find my book uh, wherever you like to buy books, um, Elevating the Human Experience, um, you know, online and also at a retailer near you. Wow. It's been a tremendous conversation. I thank you so much, Amelia, for coming today to share your great wisdom on Savvy and on our Unleash Your Story. And you had quite a story. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more Savvy episodes and Savvy Biz Tips, go to www.lifeunscriptedradio.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at lifeunscriptedradio.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.